0: Welcome to Snooze with Sam. Thank you all for joining me again this week, and for something slightly different this time. Now, Mary, Queen of Scots, was an incredibly interesting character in our history. She had a varied life, full of terrible things, as well as some... Some nice stories in there, so I'd actually like to focus this around her, however if you're not into your history, don't worry, I've made it my mission to make this a bit more fun and interesting than you might imagine, and I think you might enjoy it. Now just before the story starts, I'd like to thank you all for listening as usual. But also, just to remind you to please keep liking the stories and commenting as you do. It helps everything and it helps the channel grow. I really, really appreciate it. And secondly, just invite you to, if you aren't already and you do keep coming back to listen to these stories, please consider subscribing because it is free and it really helps the channel grow. I'd still estimate about half of people who do regularly listen are not subscribed so if you all did you would literally help the channel double in size overnight. Anyway, without any further ado, I hope you enjoy tonight's story in which we investigate the fascinating existence of Mary, Queen of Scots. So, as always, lie back, take a deep breath, and enjoy this story. Now, some of you might be wondering, who even is Mary, Queen of Scots? A name you may not have come across. She's just some lassie in Scotland some time very long ago. And I'd forgive you for thinking that. The world's a very big place. It's just one woman. A very interesting woman, though. Now, Mary... Queen of Scots was Scotland's queen from 1542 until she was forced to abdicate in 1567. Her life was filled with extremely unfortunate events. She was widowed three times, she faced lots of opposition, and had a ev- pretty difficult relationship with her cousin Queen Elizabeth the First. Eventually she was imprisoned and killed unfortunately. But her reign raised questions about power about religion and the monarchy as a whole. Mary, Queen of Scots, reign was a lively period in Scottish history and learning about her could be the basis for a lot of exciting lessons even today. So what was Big Mary's early life like? Mary was thrown into a difficult world, and I'm saying it very lightly, almost as soon as she was born. She was born into the Stuart Royal Family, who had been ruling Scotland for centuries. Her own mother, Mary of Guise, Gave birth to her on the 8th of December, 1542, in Linlithgow Palace. By the way, Linlithgow Palace still exists. It's still there, right by the water. Pretty much perfectly preserved. It's just got a funny roof on it these days. Kind of pointy spire diagonal silver shiny comb things, just search it if you're curious. Six days after her birth, Mary's father, King James the Sixth of Scotland died. That's some poor timing. This was potentially from the effects of a battle though or through drinking contaminated water. Hmm. Perhaps it was contaminated with hops and malt and alcohol. Whatever the reason for his death, it was meant that Mary became the Queen of Scotland before she was even one week old. Mary's grandmother was Margaret Tudor, the sister of Henry VIII. It's all knitting together now. So this means that she was actually also part of the English royal family. Tricky place to be. Can you imagine that these days? Oof. King Henry VIII of England made plans to marry Mary, Queen of Scots, to his son Edward. This would have meant that the Scottish and English kingdoms would be fully united. The plan was for the two of them to marry when Mary was just ten years old different times back then, but it was also partly to help stop Scotland's positive relationship with France that had endured for many centuries, always a common ally to rest upon. However, the association with France continued and the plan was later abandoned. As Mary was too young to rule Scotland effectively, she's saying it mildly, the country was operated by regents while she was being educated. A regent is someone who governs in the place of a monarch. Because her mother was French, Mary was educated in France. She moved to France when she was five years old and lived there for the next 13 years of her life. The result of her period in France basically meant she was completely fluent in French, but she did also communicate in Scots daily with her servants and through her letters. I'd love to hear that accent if there was one. Old Scots crossed with French tout le monde, parlez-vous Maybe that's what I sound like when I speak French. Moving swiftly on. When Mary, Queen of Scots, was in her sixteenth year, her cousin Elizabeth, whom we will know more about very soon, became the Queen of England. Many people, at the time, felt that Mary should have ruled the Kingdom of England instead. It seems at this point that Mary was so popular that everyone wanted her for every role. Wife, Queen of England, Queen of Scotland, Queen of France. She might well have been up for Queen of Timbuktu, you never know. However, this is because some people viewed Elizabeth as illegitimate, as she was born to Henry VIII's second wife. How many of his wives were there again? Mm. These issues over the English throne would get worse in later years. Now, Mary was the Queen Consort of France. And during her period in France, Mary, Queen of Scots, married the King of France's son. Officially, at least, this was her first husband. At the wedding, King Henry II of France declared that Mary, and her husband were the King and Queen of England. Which definitely will have angered Elizabeth, don't you think? Soon afterwards, by some act of ill fate, maybe, King Henry the Second died. Suspicious glances around the room. And this made Mary the Queen Consort of France. However, as was typical, this was to be short lived because her husband Francis II died a year later from an ear infection. This deeply upset Mary and It left her with little option but to return to Scotland. That's a wee shame, isn't it? She became a widow at the very young age of 18. Now, Mary's return to Scotland and the marriage to Lord Downey. As Mary, Queen of Scots, had lived most of her life in France at this point, she wasn't fully aware of the issues that existed in Scotland. (laughs) Is it the drink, or is it the lack of vegetables? I don't know. I'm assuming those issues have carried forward to this day. No, Scotland was becoming more and more Protestant, whereas Mary had deeply held Catholic beliefs. This meant that a lot of Scottish people were suspicious of her. That would still be the same today, to be fair. And so was, in fact, Queen Elizabeth I. She was also rather suspicious of her. However, Mary did try to be tolerant towards those who were Protestant. Tolerance. This even angered Catholics felt she wasn't punishing them in a way that they would have liked. People really couldn't just get along could they? But then again not so much has changed I suppose. Anyhow Mary eventually married her second husband, Lord Darnley and such is the way in monarchies. Lord Darnley was also a cousin to Mary and Elizabeth I. Don't judge. This worried Queen Elizabeth because this meant that they were both eligible to govern the English throne. Unfortunately, to Mary, Lord Darnley proved to be quite a calculating and manipulative individual. As soon as they were married, he displayed a real desire for power, which could have endangered Mary. An appetite for power. Traditionally doesn't end well, does it? Darnley wanted them to rule as joint monarchs, which would mean that, in the event of Mary's death, Darnley could rule Scotland himself. And as a result of this, This means that Mary could have been secretly killed by the power-hungry Darnley. Somehow, and despite all of these problems, people will be people, they managed to have a child, who would later become James VI. Their marriage continued to suffer however and, Darnley became jealous and paranoid. Because he was a wily fox of a man who didn't really know when to stop, he helped to organise the murder of Mary's private secretary and personal friend, David Rizzio. This was because he thought they were becoming too close. Rizzio's murder deeply upset Mary. Fancy that. And Darnley's difficult behaviour meant that he continued to be a big concern. He does sound like a big concern with legs, doesn't he really? Lord Darnley's death Through a strange sequence of events Darnley was also murdered He was staying at Kirk of Field, in Edinburgh where he was staying was blown up by gunpowder and his body was found laying in the grass. However, his body appeared to be completely unharmed from the blast and it appeared that he was either smothered or strangled to death. It appeared that somebody tried to make the explosion seem like an accident and Darnley died as a result. I don't think a criminal such as that would have gotten away with it these days. Doesn't seem very well organised in that effort, but hey-ho, it worked. Ever since Stanley's death, it's remained a bit of a mystery. Due to his behaviour, there could have funnily enough been quite a few reasons why he was killed does seem to be the way with many figureheads, especially of an era. It's not just a case of their antagonized enemy striking out, it's which one of their antagonized enemies would have taken it upon themselves. However, it is still unknown whether Mary, Queen of Scots, had any knowledge of his murder, or whether she approved it. It is believed that even Queen Elizabeth suspected that Mary was involved, which I suppose isn't surprising. Mary's imprisonment and abdication. One of the major suspects for Lord Darnley's murder was Lord Bothwell. After Darnley's death, Bothwell stayed close to Mary and led her that he was able to protect her. As if by magic, they eventually married. However, the marriage turned out to be very unpopular with the people of Scotland. She seems to become romantically involved with anybody that says hello, isn't she? Many people were shocked that Mary would end up marrying the person that is accused of murdering Downley. Perhaps, but was it the perfect crime? Probably not, though, because the result of this was that politicians and lords started to turn against Mary. Eventually, they captured and imprisoned her and she was forced to abdicate and let her one-year-old son, James, become king, but he was chofty. Mary, Queen of Scots, was able to escape the prison by the help of some of her supporters. By the way, she was imprisoned in Leven, I believe. It's a small seaside town, still exists today. It's part of Fife. It's not a very nice place, but I didn't say that. Actually, it's got a lovely castle. She then fled to England, with the hope of receiving some support from Elizabeth I, to help her regain her throne. That does seem quite far-fetched, I'm not sure if you agree, but admirable willingness regardless. Unfortunately, for Mary, this didn't end up being the case. Quite the opposite, in fact. She ended up being imprisoned in England because of that fact that Elizabeth suspected Mary of being involved in Darnley's death. Following her second imprisonment Mary, Queen of Scots, had a few options left. Her supporters were either fled or had died, and she was at the mercy of her half-sister Elizabeth I, who seems a fairly ruthless character, as far as we know. Mary was taken from the Tower of London and placed on trial before the Queen and her judges. Without much of a length to stand on, The evidence brought against her was condemning. The most well-known piece of evidence is the casket letters. These were a handful of letters written in Mary's handwriting that detailed plots to take the throne from Elizabeth is isn't looking good, is it? And showed that Mary supported the death of Darnley. That's arguably the, the worst thing that could appear before a court. I doubt she tried to argue out of that one. However, it might all have seemed a bit too convenient because some modern historians are actually unsure whether these were truly written by Mary, or whether they were forgeries created by Elizabeth to be able to remove her enemy for good. Mary was eventually executed after being imprisoned in England for many, many years. It was her request to be buried in France. However, this was refused by Elizabeth. By a bizarre twist of fate, Mary and Elizabeth are now buried across from each other in Westminster Abbey. I wonder if they're still bickering even to this day. Mary was found guilty of high treason at her trial and was sentenced to death. She spent her final hours in contemplative prayer and was led to the block on the morning of the 8th of February, 1587. She spoke her final word and the executioner completed the deed. When Queen Elizabeth received the news that Mary had been executed, she immediately turned on her Earl Davison and told the royal court that he acted without her permission. Elizabeth's vague instructions about the death of Mary allowed her to maintain distance and not be directly to blame for her death. Very sneaky indeed, but very clever. Following the death of Mary, She left a will that stated she wished to be buried in France. Elizabeth, unsurprisingly, paid little attention to this will, and so Mary was placed in a lead casket and buried in Peterborough Cathedral in 1587. Many years down the line, when he became king, her son James the Sixth would later have her body exhumed and reburied in Westminster Abbey, right across from Elizabeth. So you keep chatting. In 1603, Elizabeth died without leaving any heir. The closest person in the line of succession ended up being Mary's son, James VI. His rule ended up being the first time that someone was the monarch of both England and Scotland. This rule marked the union of the crowns. Here are a few more interesting facts about Mary, Queen of Scots.